Um, so we're going to dive right in because uh, I have no clue uh, how long this is going to take, but I just have a feeling, I have a feeling I've been preaching short as of late. Um, I've been bottling it in. Um, and uh, we might go a little long tonight, uh, which is okay, because uh, we are back in John. We are back in John. We are in John chapter 14, uh, and we are picking up with a very, very uh, awesome portion of Scripture. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be in John for, for probably two more weeks. Then we're going to have some guest speakers uh, for a few weeks, which will be a lot of fun. You guys will get to hear from uh, guys like Pastor Dave, uh, if you remember uh, a few months ago when we heard from Pastor Claude, Pastor Claude will be back around. Uh, who knows, we might be hearing from our good friend Pastor Jordan. Uh, we might be hearing from a few other guys as well. And so uh, I'm excited for that, but I'm super stinking excited about what we're reading tonight. So we're going to read John 14, verses 1 through 14, uh, and then we're going to just dive in uh, to what I feel like the Lord has for us tonight. So this is what it says. If you got your Bibles... Uh, open them to John 14. Everyone in John 14 right now? If you got your smartphones, uh, open up your Bible app on your smartphones and go to John 14. If you don't have the Bible app yet, grab your smartphone, pull it out, go to your respective Apple store or Google Play store, or if you're fancy and you have a Kindle phone or an Amazon phone, go to your Fire store and uh, download the YouVersion Bible app and get going because we're going to be reading. This is what it says. It's picking up in John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how we know or how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have also known my Father. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I not been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does these works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that, uh, that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father." And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the, uh, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Dear God, we just pray that in these next few moments, God, as we look at your perfect word, uh, God, as we look at uh, your scriptures, God, I pray that you would reveal truth to us. God, that we, uh, we would just be transformed by the power of your word. Uh, God, that we would be encouraged and transpired. Uh, 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 God, uh, uh, transpired by the word that I want to use here, God. Um, <laughs> uh, just getting excited, Jesus, because uh, your word is pretty awesome, and I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked to see what takes place. Um, but yeah, God, that you would just uh, transform us—that's the word, uh, God—and that we would be changed by the power of your word. 
And I pray that none of these would be my words, but God, uh, you would speak through. God, anything that would be of me, may it fall on deaf ears or may not even be able to get it out of my mouth. But God, that your perfect word would come through. So God, we just thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, how many of you guys uh, are taking notes? Okay, we got a few of y'all. Uh, I encourage you to take notes um, because uh, I think we have a lot of good stuff. Uh, to cover tonight. If you're taking uh, notes, the title of the message is Heart Conditions and Heart Remedies. Heart Conditions and Heart Remedies. Uh, did you guys know that in the United States, uh, lots of people suffer from heart disease? Uh, we live in a, in a culture uh, that is plagued by heart disease. Um, it's not just because of the food we eat. It's not just because of uh, uh, the lack of activity of America. Um, in many cases, it's because, check this out, they did a study back in 2007, uh, but lack of proper amount of sleep can lead to heart disease. Uh, so if you guys aren't getting enough sleep, if you're staying up super late playing video games and whatnot, you could be hurting your heart. Uh, so get some good sleep. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, heart disease is, is a pretty big deal in America, uh, and heart disease is the number one killer uh, of, of Americans. Uh, did you guys know that one American dies every 34 seconds because of heart disease and heart failure? Yeah, that's, that's pretty staggering. Um, if we were to define a heart, if we were to define a heart, does anyone have a good definition of what a heart is? Okay, something that pumps your blood. Awesome. What is this something? It's yeah, it's a muscle. Okay, so we have this muscle inside of our chest. It's a chambered muscle uh, that pumps uh, and, and uh, the, the, the blood through our body, uh, and, and it is the, the supporter of life that is in us. Okay, so that is, that is our heart uh, in a very physical sense, but there's also uh, a definition for heart uh, in the not physical sense. Does anyone uh, have maybe a definition for heart in the non-physical sense? Some people are going like that, yeah. John. Passion or desire to win something. Yeah, the passion and the desire. Uh, for some people, it's to win. But, but, but passions and desires and hearts and the things that direct uh, and, 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 and really uh, show the course in our life. And here's the deal. Just as in the physical sense, uh, heart failure and heart disease uh, is, is a very big killer. So also is, is heart condition. Um, in the non-physical but emotional sense, uh, heart uh, kills. Um, people trying to uh, numb pain or take pain out uh, in their own wills and trying to overcome things in their mind. Uh, suicide is the number two killer uh, in people between the ages of 15 and 25, uh, and it all comes from a heart condition, not a physical heart condition, but uh, an emotional and a spiritual heart condition. And so uh, not all heart conditions can be picked up by x-rays uh, and by tests, uh, but there's a lot of stress uh, that is caused in this world that can make our heart troubled. And, and here's the thing. Jesus says uh, here in the first verse, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, there, there's many things that could stress us and pressure us uh, in today's world. I, I just for experiment's sake, uh, I logged on to foxnews.com uh, just to see what the headlines were. And I'm going to read you some of the headlines because this is how stressed out our world can be and, and how crazy things are in our world. Uh, police officer kills unarmed football player. Um, citizen uh, kills uh, police officers. This is the very next one. Uh, nuclear weapons in Iran. Uh, ISIS and new uh, ways to kill people. 
uh, a purging of Christian rights. We live in a world, guys, that has a lot to be stressed uh, about. We live in a world that is pretty, um, pretty harsh, and things are not getting any better. It just continues to get worse and worse. And so uh, there, there, there's a heart condition uh, in this world that needs being dealt with. Uh, we pick up here in verse 1 of chapter 14 with Jesus saying, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also uh, in me. Now, this is a new chapter. and It's a new, uh, it, it, it's a new set of numbers when it comes to the, the way our Bibles are outlined and chaptered. But this is not a new portion of Scripture. Uh, and this is not a new story. Uh, this continues directly on. Uh, from chapter 13. And in chapter 13, we see Jesus telling the disciples, uh, hey, uh, this has been great. We've had a lot of fun, but I'm going to leave you. Not only am I going to leave you, but uh, this guy Judas, he's going to betray me. Uh, Peter, you're going to deny me, and all of you guys are going to run away. Uh, And they're like, whoa, hold up, Jesus. We've been following you for three years. Uh, We've put all our eggs in your basket. We've put our faith. We've put our trust in you. Uh, Where are you going? You're just going to abandon us? Uh, these people are guys who left their jobs. Uh, they dropped everything. Many of them were fishermen. They dropped their nets. Some tax collectors, they left their booths. People had left their jobs to follow Jesus. Now Jesus is saying, see ya, I'm going away, goodbye. Uh, and, and these guys are like, what on earth? What, 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 what's happening, Jesus? Like, we were here to follow you. And the reality of this is, uh, is, is that these people were very stressed. Uh, I can imagine... Uh, what Peter would be thinking. Jesus, you said I'm going to deny you three times? What the heck's going on? Uh, And and like John and James, Jesus, we've been following you for years. And uh, Jesus says, you're going to be without me. And so these guys, their their hearts were very troubled. Their hearts were very stressed. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So as we're looking at heart conditions and as we're looking at uh, remedies uh, to heart disease and heart failure, uh, guys, our first point tonight Uh, is the remedy to heart failure is to believe. The remedy to heart failure is to believe. Uh, Even when it doesn't seem like the thing to do, even when it doesn't seem like it's possible, we are to believe. We are to put our faith and our trust in Jesus. We are to stubbornly hold on to this thing that is called faith in Jesus. And this this believing, uh, this is faith, uh, and, and, and it takes faith to hold on, uh, and, and Jesus uh, is the one who holds us. Um, how many of you guys have ever been camping before? Anyone ever been camping? Uh, if you haven't been camping, I'm sorry, it's a great time, um, and it's, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I went camping one time, well, I've been camping many times, but, but this one time I went camping, I decided, who needs to put stakes down in your tent? We're in a stinking loop. There's trees everywhere. The wind is not going to blow your tent away. It's totally fine. Um, I got another story about a tent being blown by the wind real quick. Let me get to mine in just a second. But one time we went camping with all the youth. And our bus driver had a tent. And he didn't stake his tent down. And his tent was like a perfect like box with a round lid. And uh, it was really windy. And, and at one point we were getting ready to eat dinner. And everyone's like, hey, hey, where's the bus driver? And I kid you not, we turn around and we see our bus driver in full sprint chasing his tent that is rolling oh, like head over hills where we're, we're in the gorge and the wind is just going and his tent literally goes like more than a football field away and if you could see this bus driver it was the most glorious sight to watch because he's not very tall and it was just it was great oh it was glorious it was fun okay but back to my tent story so wind did not get my tent i didn't stake my tent down uh, but i had made the the decision uh, that many young uh 
high and high school guys make um, when they go camping in their young junior high and high school girls there. Uh, let's prank them. That sounds great. Uh, so we made the decision uh, to, while the girls were in there, zip tie the tent shut and take all the poles out and let it drop on them. Uh, it was not very nice, and uh, uh, you, uh, many of you probably know the girls this happened to, uh, and it wasn't really good. Well, revenge, revenge was nice, because they realized that they could come and they could do something to my tent. And when they realized that the tent was not staked into the ground, uh, all these girls, they picked up the tent and they moved it to another campsite. <laughs> imagine, imagine the looks on our faces, me uh, and, and our youth pastor at the time, uh, Cameron Marvin, uh, when these tents weren't where they were supposed to be. We're like, what on earth just happened? Um, but there's a reason why we have snakes in our tents and there's a reason why we anchor our tents down sometimes it's because of wind sometimes it's because of really annoyed junior high girls uh but jesus uh is is the thing that anchors us and holds us down hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 tells us that uh that jesus is the anchor of our soul uh and we need him and we need to believe in him uh, faith helps us weather many different storms uh, one of the things that, that, that faith is necessary for, and especially for the disciples here uh, in this moment and, and for us as well, uh, is this, that we, um, we all have a future, and the future can be very scary uh, for, for people who just graduated high school. Uh, the future can be scary. What college am I going to go to? What am I going to study? People in college trying to figure out where you're trying to say, this is a very scary time for a lot of people our age, if not every person uh, our age. The future can be scary, and here's the thing. If we believe in Jesus uh, and, and, and the faith that we have in Jesus supports us through no matter what the future uh, brings our way. Uh, Jesus here uh, in chapters 13 through 17 of the book of John, uh, he's having this disciple, uh, he's having this talk with the disciples up in the upper room, and it's been known uh, to theologians and, and, and those in the church as the upper room discourse. And this is different than many of Jesus' other discourses, where he's got like the Sermon on the Mount or the Mount Olivet discourse, or, or when, when he's talking all the different parables that are mysteries. Uh, this is very different because Jesus is not talking to a broad group or a multitude. Jesus is talking directly to uh, his disciples, not just the 12 disciples, but Judas has already left at this point, and he's talking to the 11 disciples who said, you know what, Jesus, we are sold out. We are going to follow you. And so Jesus gets really, really personal with them here, uh, and, and he's going to let them know uh, about a future and about a hope uh, that they have and that they do not need to be scared of. This is what he goes on to say in verses 2 and 3. He says this, In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, the disciples were very discouraged at this point. Uh, Peter, I mean, he's thinking, okay, Jesus just told me I'm going to betray him. Is there any coming back? But Jesus, right after he tells them that he's going to leave them and that, uh, that they're going to leave him as well, he says, hey, but there's hope, there's hope. I'm preparing a place for you, and you're going to be able to spend an eternity with me, and I'm going to come back to you. And so he reassures them of, uh, of, of life after this life. He reassures them uh, of heaven and the things of heaven. Uh, guys like Paul and John in the New Testament, uh, both people who, who experienced heaven, who saw heaven, uh, in trying to describe them, uh, in trying to describe heaven, they don't really describe it for us because heaven is so indescribable. Uh, and the things of heaven are so much more than our mind can uh, comprehend. Uh, Paul says that, that he, he was caught up to heaven 
uh, and he says it, he, he couldn't even fulfill the law if he was to try and tell us about heaven because there's no words in his language to describe the things of heaven. John, when John uh, is caught up in, in the book of Revelation, he, he does a, an attempt at describing heaven, but, 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 but he's never able to actually uh, say what heaven looks like. At times he's told, well, you know what, I can't say anything. And at other times he's like, well, heaven is like this, but it's so much more than this. And the way John really uh, paints a picture of heaven is he tells us what it's not. There's going to be no pain, there's going to be no suffering, there's going to be no tears, and that we're going to be in uh, complete harmony and peace with the Lord. And here's the deal, guys. I'm pretty stoked about heaven. Uh, I can't wait to get to heaven. Um, and, and, and here's the cool thing about it. We can only imagine what heaven's like. I heard it said once that, that, that trying to explain heaven to us uh, would be trying to explain a two-year-old how amazing their honeymoon was going to be. It's just, it's, it's uncomprehendable. Like, you, you can't comprehend how great heaven is. Uh, and so Jesus is telling them, hey, I've got a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If you have hope and if you believe and if you trust in me, uh, I, I have a hope and a future for you. Here in verse 3, uh, he says something. He says this, I will come again and receive you unto myself. This is direct reference to, to something in Christianity known uh, as the rapture, a very real uh, theological, uh, and it's going to be a future uh, event that is going to put, take, take place where Jesus, uh, he calls all those who are in the church uh, to meet him in heaven. And it's, uh, if you're taking notes, write these down, because these are two places where it's expounded on uh, in Scripture. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 54. Uh, yeah, 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 it was, it was. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 13 through 18, and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 54. These are two portions of Scripture where, where, where Paul is expounding upon uh, the rapture and, and, and when Jesus is going to meet us in the sky. The Bible tells us when the trumpet sounds, those who are dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain, we will be caught up in the moment in the twinkling of the eye, uh, and we, we will be with Jesus. Uh, there uh, in the sky. And it's, it's really cool. It's the Greek word uh, harpazo, which means to be snatched up, uh, to, to, to be violently grabbed out, to be pulled out. It'd be like uh, if you um, were to have like a bag of candy, you know, and, and, and all the bag of candy, and you, you see the one candy bar you like, and as the bag's being passed around, it's like time to grab candy, and all the kids are putting their hands in, and you see the Snickers bar, and you just wham, snatch the Snickers bar out before it, and you knock people over to get the Snickers bar. That's the violently snatching out. Uh, that's the harpazo, and that's what God's going to do to the church. And here's the thing that's really cool about this. Uh, it's not just those who are alive, uh, but it's those who have already died in Christ as well. We're told that the dead in Christ will rise first, not walking dead style. They're not going to be like walking around. No, he's going to be snatching them up to meet him in the sky, and then we who are alive. Uh, so, so, so whether the rapture happens in our lifetime uh, or not, here's the deal. Uh, if you put your faith in Jesus, if you are living your life for Jesus, then you, uh, when you die, you are going to be, the Bible tells us, uh, to, to, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so when we die, we are going to be before the Lord. And if we put our faith in Jesus, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And we're going to be able to spend eternity with him there. Or if we're living for him now and he decides, hey, the trumpet's going to blow and I'm going to rapture you up and we just, poof, we're gone. Uh, that's pretty sweet also. We're going to be with Jesus. And so regardless of how it goes, if your hope and your faith is in Jesus, then your hope 
uh, is fulfilled in heaven and being face to face with the Lord. And I'm pretty darn excited that, that, that that's something uh, that I have and that, that, that I can believe in Jesus. And now I have a hope in the future so that there is no uh, fear in death. Uh, there's no fear in life. We have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to our future. Because if you put your faith in Jesus, heaven is the ultimate uh, place where we're going to be. And so we begin to live backwards rather than living for something. We know what the for is. And since we have that for, now we can live with that knowledge and live our life for the Lord here and live our life to serve others and to serve the Lord in that. And so we have this hope and it's amazing uh, and that there's no uh, fear in death. Uh, there's no fear in life. We can just live for the Lord in all we do. Jesus brought heaven down to earth so that he could bring us uh, back to heaven. Jesus gave us a taste and a glimpse of what heaven is. And, and now we can go and spend an eternity with him there. Jesus wants relationship with us. Uh, and, and the cool thing about that is we can choose to have relationship with him. Uh, that this isn't just something where it's like, well, some people get to have relationship, but not other people. It, it's like an exclusive thing. No, no, no. We all have the choice. We all have the opportunity uh, to have a direct and personal relationship with Jesus. And when we put our faith in Jesus, and when we make the choice to follow Jesus, when we say, Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you, Jesus, I want you to be the Savior of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life and to rule and reign in my life. When we do that, then our hope is secure. Our faith is secure. Our salvation is secure. And we will spend an eternity with Jesus uh, in heaven. And I think this is really, really cool. Jesus says this in verse 4. He says, where I go, you know, and the way, you know. So Jesus is saying, hey, where I'm going, you know, and the way I'm going is very clear to you. I get this picture. I get this picture that all the disciples, they've been following Jesus for three years. Jesus has been dropping hints about heaven, dropping hints about me being Messiah, dropping hints left and right. And I can just imagine all the disciples when Jesus says, hey, where I'm going, you know, and the way I'm going, you know. I can see all the disciples like, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, And they're all just like pretending they know what's going on. Uh, And then this guy comes up. He's one of the disciples. Uh, and he gets a really bad rap in history as Doubting Thomas, but Doubting Thomas is actually like really smart, and I, I really like Doubting Thomas because uh, if he doesn't say what he's going to say here in verse 5, we might not actually ever know what Jesus was talking about. Thomas is like, all right, Jesus, all these other disciples, they're just blowing smoke. They have no clue what you're talking about. I have no clue what you're talking about. Jesus, where you go, we don't know. And the way to get there, what are you talking about? And Thomas has like this moment where he's like the hero of like the history of Christianity because now we get the most epic verse uh, in Scripture. Jesus says this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father but through me. So the where is heaven and being with the Father and the way is Jesus. And there is no other way. There is no other way. Jesus doesn't say, I am a way. I am a truth, and I am a life, and some people will come to the Father through me. No, no, no. Jesus says, I am the way, the only way, the only truth, the only life. And and, and some people say that this is a narrow-minded idea. Some people say that this is is, uh, very uh, egocentric and self-centered. This is Uh, very closed off to other people's idea. Some people call it bigotry, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. 
we, yeah, one, it's still the truth, but it doesn't matter. Like, we don't have to try and defend this because Jesus said this and Jesus defends this, not only with his life, not only with the things he says, but with just the way things are. So we don't have to try and defend. So, so if anyone says, man, you're narrow-minded, there's so many other ways. I mean, uh, you don't have to try and, like, defend what Jesus said. Jesus said it, uh, so it is what it is. And he is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Not all roads lead to heaven. I heard it said one way. Uh, <laughs> there was this woman, and she was talking about uh, what she had formulated over long years of life, what religion was all about. And she said, religion is likened to a long hallway uh, with many doors. And all the different doors <coughs> had, uh, had the names of different religions. And then all the doors, they ended up opening to the same courtyard. Uh, and, and so it really doesn't matter what door you decide to go through. It's just you choose a door and you commit to the door and you go through it and you're going to end up uh, in the right place. But this is, this is hogwash. This is not how uh, reality works. This is not how things work. Uh, not all roads lead to heaven. Not all roads lead to God. Um, how many of you guys have ever shopped for a car before? Anyone ever shopped for a car? Yeah, lots of different cars, right? Uh, some people buy SUVs. Other people buy trucks. Some people buy hatchbacks. Other people buy those really nice cars that they lower to the ground, throw some spoilers on, and make them sound really loud, but really they're just Japanese-made cars. Um, some people buy American muscle. Uh, and, and, and some, I mean, so many different kind of cars out there. Uh, but at the end of the day, a car is a car. Uh, and, and, and these cars, uh, they, they get you from point A to point B. Uh, this is not the way faith is. It's not like you can just say, well, I'm going to choose to be a Buddhist, or I'm going to choose to be a Christian, or I'm going to be a Muslim, or I'm going to be a Jehovah Witness, or I'm going to be a Hindu. Um, it's not all roads lead to God. Uh, there is only one road that leads to God, and that is through Jesus. People can be very sincere. People can be very sincere in their belief. Uh, there, there was a story about a man uh, in Kiev, Russia, uh, not, not that long ago, who uh, went to the zoo, uh, and he brought a rope with him, and he attached the rope, uh, and he lowered himself into the lion's den, uh, and, and, or, or the lion's cage, and he ran towards the lion's arms out, my God will protect me. Um, he was sincere, and he believed that his God was going to protect him. Um, but the lions jumped at him, uh, they tackled him, and they ate him just in front of all the zoo goers. Um, he was sincere, but he was sincerely, he was sincerely wrong, uh, and, and, and he was doing some crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, we live, guys, in a world uh, that is governed by absolutes. We live in a world that doesn't like to believe in absolute truths, but we look and we open our eyes, and there are very absolute truths all around us. How many of you guys took a drink of water today? Awesome. Was, what, what, what form was that water in? Yeah. Was, was it liquid? <laughs> water form. That's awesome. Yeah. Water. Uh, water. Most of us drink water in a liquid state. Uh, water has other states than liquid. Uh, like Oregon. No, no. Uh, water. Yeah. Some people laugh. That's awesome. Water has a solid state uh, where it's ice. Water has a... Uh, gas state, where it's vapor or steam. Um, water boils at the exact same temperature every time, and it freezes at the exact same temperature every single time. Uh, if you throw something up in the air, it is going to fall down. Does anyone want to test this theory right now? 
I tested it earlier. I was not going to use this in the sermon, but thanks for bringing it up, Alan. Yeah, we tested it earlier. Uh, if you have really slippery shoes and you roundhouse kick, you also fall down to the ground. And you get bloody and you break your phone. It's awesome. Uh, gravity exists. Gravity is a very real force in this world. Um, not only is gravity a real thing, the laws of thermodynamics... Second law of thermodynamics, real thing. Entropy, it's real. Enthalpy, it's real. Uh, there are very real laws that govern our universe. One plus one always equals two. Two plus two always equals four. We live in a world of absolutes. Why would religion, why would faith be any different? Our world is run and governed by absolutes and faith and religion uh, is no different than that. There is only one way to heaven. There is only one way to God. There is only one way to the Father. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, heaven is an exclusive place. Heaven is an exclusive place. Not exclusive in, in, in a way where you're like joining a country club and you have to have a certain amount of money to get into heaven. Uh, heaven's not an exclusive place like a really fancy restaurant where they won't let you in if you're wearing uh, if you're not wearing a really nice suit. Heaven's not like those clubs where you have to just be the cool kid to get in because they don't want you to be showing up on the internet in the picture not being cool. Like heaven is not exclusive in these ways. Uh, heaven is exclusive in that only those who know and have a personal relationship with Jesus can get in. And so here's the deal: uh, without faith in Jesus, without your life. Uh, given to Jesus, uh, there is no way to go to heaven, and the alternate uh, to that is, is spending an eternity in hell. And we'll talk about that just a little bit later on. But our second point, our first point was uh, the remedy to, to heart failure uh, is to believe. Our second point is this, Jesus is the only way uh, to know the Father. Jesus is the only way to know the Father. Some people like to use Christianity and view Christianity uh, like they view life insurance. Uh, where you invest money into your life insurance policy and, and, and you invest uh, monetary resources into your life insurance policy, but you're never going to be able to collect on your life insurance policy until after you're dead. And so it's going to be something that benefits those uh, after you. So when you're dead and, and, and people begin to look at Christianity as one of these things where you invest into it, but it's only going to have benefits for you when you're dead. So you invest in it, you give your life to Jesus, and you're only going to have heaven at the end. And what's in between? Eh, it really doesn't matter. Uh, uh, but this is not what Christianity is. There are so many, so many blessings with having a life uh, in Christ and having a life uh, through the Father. He says this in verse 7, If you had known me, then you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. Uh, if you put your faith in Jesus, then you have a direct relationship with the Father, the creator of the universe. And here's the really cool thing, uh, and, 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 and the thing about this. It's not like... Uh, think about this. If someone were to give you, uh, if someone were to give you a gift, uh, let's say uh, someone gave you a really nice. Uh, what's someone's favorite sports team? Did someone say Duke Blue Devils? Okay, so let's say that's awesome. Uh, I'm a North Carolina Tar Heel fan, so that's I'm sorry, bro. Uh, but let's say someone gave McCormick season tickets to every Duke Blue Devil basketball game and gave you a signed retro J.J. Reddick jersey. That'd be dope, wouldn't it? That would be so sick. But now you have that gift, and, and you're like, okay, that's cool. Uh, I'm going to frame these season tickets. I'm not going to go to a game. And I'm never going to wear this jersey because it's so nice. But I'm going to put in my will 
that you bury me in my JJ Reddick jersey and you somehow attach the season tickets to my coffin so everyone knows I died a Blue Devil fan. That's ridiculous. No one would do that. McCormick's like, no, it's all good. I'll use the tickets. Sorry, bro, I don't have any for you. But, but here's the deal. No one would do that. No one would do that. And here's the thing. That's, that's what so many people do with their faith in Jesus. That's what so many people do with their Christianity is they say, awesome, I've been given this great gift, Jesus. Now I'm just going to save it until I die. And there's so much more to faith in Jesus. There's so much more to following in a life in Christ than just stamp the ticket. I'm going to be good. I've got a future. That's great. But we don't live now. Guys, we have so many blessings. We have so many opportunities. We have so many enhancements to our life when we live a life with Jesus. Ephesians tells us that God has given us every spiritual blessing. Uh, it's our duty to see. Bleh, I can't talk to that, guys. Uh, I fell down outside. It was awesome. Uh, to, to, to search God's word uh, for what all those spiritual blessings are. And, and, and there's so many for us to even try and uh, quantify them uh, tonight. Uh, but if we are to um, if we were to know Jesus, this means we know uh, God the Father. This is what it says here in verse 9, right after Philip says, All right, Jesus, show us the Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be, we'll be satisfied. It's going to be sufficient for us. Jesus says to him, Have I not been with you so long uh, that you do not know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How so can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is saying, I am God. I am one with the Father. He, he, he has an I am statement seven times in John, uh, and, and here we see the sixth, where, where he says, I and the Father are one. And this is really cool. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, and Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. You don't have to write those down. You can if you want to. But those two verses also uh, say how Jesus is God. He is the express image of God. He is the brightness of the Father. He is the invisible God made visible uh, word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. Jesus is God. He's going to go on and tell us in verse 10 two ways that we can know for sure that he is God. One by his works uh, and two by his word. This is what it says picking up in verse 10. It says this, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Uh, John tells us uh, in, in, in John chapter 7, uh, verse 16, that he and the Father are one and that, that, that the Father is doing the works through Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 tells us that in times past, God revealed himself through the prophets and those who uh, led Israel. But in more recent times, he has revealed his truth and the things pertaining to godliness through his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who is the express image uh, of the Father. Uh, Jesus goes on to say in verse 11, this, that be, uh, believe me and I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Jesus uh, proves his divinity through the works that he did, through the miracles that he did. Uh, he fed 5,000 people with the contents of one little kid's lunchbox. Um, you guys remember being in elementary school uh, and you had your cool lunchbox. Anyone have like a really epic lunchbox? I mean, I had a 19, like 70s tin lunchbox that was G.I. Joe and it had like the scuba diver G.I. Joe on the front. Oh man, it was the coolest lunchbox with like the little latch. Anyone else have a really cool lunchbox? What was yours, Michael? Um, it was kind of like you said. Yeah, 
Yes. Oh, nice. Very good. How about you, Sam? Uh, mine was Uncle Tim. And do you remember the Sam? No. <laughs> but that's awesome. And anyone have like a Scooby-Doo mystery machine lunchbox? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anyone have a Ninja Turtles lunchbox? Oh, uh, all right. All right. Anyone have like one of the plastic ones? Anyone have like a really cool plastic lunchbox? How many of you guys just use brown paper bags? All it's all, y'all. That's awesome. Uh, here's the thing. Jesus, Jesus fed 5,000 people um, with just a little bit of lunchbox food. Like we're talking if it was modern day Jesus, he's feeding 5,000 people with string cheese, a cup of mandarin oranges, a smushed peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and a Capri Sun. And Jesus is feeding 5,000 people with that. Like, okay, is that what everyone else grew up on? Because that's what I grew up on. It was great. Um, I got lucky on some days. When you got like the orange creamsicle cups with the little wooden spoon. You guys remember those? Yeah, those were good. Uh, Jesus would keep that one to himself, I think. Um, but Jesus does many miracles. He doesn't just feed 5,000. He heals blind people. He makes lame people walk. Mute people talk. Uh, he gives deaf people back their hearing. He raises people from the dead on multiple occasions. He raised one dude from the dead who'd been dead so many days that when they were going to open the tomb to have Jesus raise him from the dead, the dude's very sister was like, nah, it's okay, Jesus, don't open it up. He stinks. The dude had been dead a while. And Jesus raises him from the dead. Jesus' miracles proved his divinity. Uh, John chapter 10, Jesus again says, I and the Father are one. Uh, you cannot love God and not love Jesus. I'll say that one more time. Maybe actually like five more times. But you cannot love God and not love Jesus. We live in a culture and a society that loves God. They say they love God. Oh man, I experienced God through nature. Oh, you know, like music is spiritual to me, man. Or... or I love God, but, but you know, Jesus, Jesus is chill. He was a good guy. Um, maybe he was a great philosopher. I mean, Jesus brings up there with like Buddha. He was a good guy, you know. Uh, I, but but I, I love God. I just, I don't know about Jesus. Here's the deal, guys. You cannot love God and not love Jesus. You cannot have relationship with God without having relationship with Jesus. You cannot experience God without experiencing Jesus. Here's the thing. We do not have the luxury of just choosing who we want to love and say, yeah, God's good. It's all good. No, you, the only way to love God, the only way to know God, the only way to experience God is through Jesus. It's just like that car lot we talked about. You go shopping for cars, right? Uh, when was the last time any of you guys went to a car dealership to buy a car? You want to go to a car dealership? Brother, we live in a world that is so run by Craigslist. Yes. Okay. How many of you guys have bought a car on Craigslist recently? Ever. How many of you guys just you got a car hand down from your parents? All right. There we go. There we go. All right. Here's the deal. Uh, if you go to buy a car, let's say Craigslist. Ryan, you just bought a car on Craigslist, correct? Yeah. Um, let's say as Ryan was going to look for cars on Craigslist, he shows up to the car. And he's like, man, this is a really good car. I see the price and everything. Uh, I don't need the car. I just need the back right tire. people do that no it's like man that's a really nice tire uh, I'll take the tire you can keep the car um, that's like saying uh, I love God but I don't know about Jesus it's like trying to buy a car or going to a car lot to buy a car and only wanting the tire um, it, you just don't do it it's not possible you can't have one without getting the whole uh, you go to a tire store to buy tires um, and yeah it's tiring 
Um, that was a bad joke, Dan. It's a bad joke. Bad joke. No, you cannot love God and not love Jesus. You cannot know God without knowing Jesus first. Guys, that was not supposed to be that funny. That was, that was uh, bad. Um, here's the thing. We must look and listen to Jesus still just as they looked and listened to Jesus, seeing his works and hearing his words. Here's the third point uh, for you guys. Uh, the first point was that the only uh, remedy for heart failure uh, is, is to believe. Uh, the second point being the only way to know the Father is through Jesus. The third point is this. Uh, in Jesus, we have divine favor. Uh, Jesus goes on to tell us uh, in, in verses 12 through 14 uh, all about what we as followers of Christ have and what we can do. Uh, we are told this, that, in verse 12, this is so cool, so cool, uh, and, and, and it's something that each and every single one of us as followers of Christ uh, we can have and we can experience in our life. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these you will do. Jesus says that if you believe in him, you will do greater works than him. Not greater in, 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 in the quality, uh, because Jesus is God, the quality of his works uh, are as good as it's going to get. Um, but what he's saying is in quantity you will do greater works than jesus um and 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 this is crazy this whole thing uh and we could talk about uh uh, miracles and miracles still happen today but 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 jesus is not really talking about miracles here when he's saying you're going to do greater things than me um when you look at the first century uh, some miracles took place in the church like some people were raised from the dead but it was like dude drops dead they raise him back it wasn't like a dude in the cave for a few days who stunk and was already decomposing and Jesus raised him from the dead. No. What Jesus is talking about here is he's talking directly towards the ministry of those who believe uh, in him. And our ministry will be greater in quantity than what Jesus did. Jesus, in the three years of his ministry, was great. Lots of miracles were done, but by the end of his life, he had about 120 people who were following him. Three years, he had several thousand swing through, but by the end of it, he had about 120. Um, Jesus leaves. He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do greater works than me. It's better that I leave so that you can have the Holy Spirit. Within 50 days of Jesus leaving earth, we see the church jump from 120 to in one day, jumping to 3,120. By the end of the next month, over 5,000. By the end of the next month, over 10,000. By the end of the next month, it's too big to even measure. We see 30 years after Jesus leaves, that millions of people are giving their heart to Jesus, that the, the, the gospel of Jesus and the word of Jesus has been spread to every single Roman province and city. We see within 100 to, to 300 to 500 years after Jesus has left that millions upon millions of people have turned their hearts to Jesus. Roman uh, government and institutional law has accepted Christianity and has become a Christian nation. Pagan temples are being torn down. We see within several hundred years of that, Christianity is on every single continent. And now we see today that Christianity is the largest religion in the world. And, and, and we see that in certain pockets in Christianity, it is the fastest growing religion the world has ever seen. Still today. And that's all because Jesus said, greater works will you do when you believe in me. If he was talking about miracles, it would have been a failed prophecy. Because there's not a whole lot of the big miracles that Jesus did happening. They still happen, don't get me wrong. 
But Jesus was talking about ministry and the ministry of the church and those who believe in Jesus, what they can do for the Lord when you put your faith in Jesus. And the church has grown and is continuing to grow uh, even as we speak today. Uh, our, our, our church, we're a part uh, and we're in fellowship uh, with, with a group of churches uh, called the Assemblies of God. Uh, it's over 60 million people worldwide. The Assemblies of God is the largest group of Christians uh, in a movement in Christianity known as Pentecostalism. Uh, Pentecostalism has only been around in the world uh, for 101 years. It's only been around about a century. Uh, in that century, it's gone from zero to over 600 million people worldwide. And if Pentecostalism in and of itself uh, was its own religion, uh, it is the fastest growing religion the world has ever seen. And if you were to combine Islam, Christianity, and all other forms of like Hinduism and whatnot, uh, uh, it still surpasses um, them in the ratio of how fast it is growing. Guys, God is still doing amazing works through his church. The church is still growing, whereas people will tell you in America the church is declining. It's probably at a stalemate right now, but it, God's still doing great things in pockets of America. But worldwide, guys, the church is growing, and it's unstoppable how fast it's growing. And it's going to continue to grow because Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. What rock? Jesus being the Christ, and the gates of hell will not prosper against it. Guys, the church is going to continue to grow and continue to do great works if they continue to say, we're following Jesus, we're putting our faith in Jesus until Jesus returns. And so if you put your faith in Jesus, you are a part of the greatest movement the world has ever seen. And, and the Lord's going to do some pretty, pretty impressive things, not only through the church, uh, but I believe wholeheartedly that God wants to do pretty amazing and impressive things through you. Because he said, if you believe in me, you will do greater works than I did. And that's something I want to strive for in my life. Not so I can get to heaven and be like, ha Jesus, I did more than you. No, not at all. But I want to be able to say, I did great works for the Lord. I did great works through Jesus. And the reason why I say through Jesus is because the next thing, when we have Jesus, we have divine favor. One, to do greater works. But two, that anything we ask, Jesus says he will do. Anything we ask, Jesus says he will do. And you might be saying, oh, Pastor Matt, I want a Mercedes. I've been praying for a Mercedes and I haven't got a Mercedes. Uh, that's cool. Uh, keep praying, I guess. No, no, here, here's the thing. Jesus says, anything you pray in my name, I will do. Anything you pray in Jesus' name, uh, he'll do. So does that mean I pray, all right, Jesus, give me a Mercedes. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, when he says, in my name, what he's saying in the Greek uh, is that anything we pray, that we pray according to Jesus' plan, according to Jesus' will, uh, then we will have. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that's really, really uh, important about this. Because the question would then be asked, well, what's Jesus' will? What does Jesus want? Does Jesus want me to have a Mercedes? Uh, I, I've been looking through Scripture, guys. I cannot find it in Scripture. I really wish it were true. Um, he does no. Never mind. I was going to say he wants us all to have Hondas because he and the disciples were in one accord. Uh, <laughs> okay, bad joke. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Terrible joke. Um, but Jesus, uh, Jesus's will is revealed to us in Scripture. Jesus's uh, will and his plans and his purposes are revealed in Scripture on every single page of Scripture, actually. And so here's the real cool thing: when you guys begin to pray Scripture. Jesus is going to make those things happen. If you pray that someone was going to grow, grow closer to God, it's going to happen. 
Because Jesus says, hey, if you pray things according to my will, they're going to happen. You want to have more faith? Pray it. You want to have more boldness? Pray it. Because Jesus makes those things happen. And, 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 and you want to see your family get touched by Jesus? It's going to happen. Pray it. Pray it. Pray it. And so anything we pray according to the will of Jesus, uh, it happens. So pray scripture. Jesus, to, uh, Jesus' younger brother, James, tells us this, that uh, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, let's pray according to what God's word says. Let's pray according to Jesus. And let's continue to pray it fervently because we're told that it avails much. So the thing is, uh, with heart trouble and with heart condition and, and, and wanting to know uh, how we can be in right relationship with God, how we can have our heart uh, in a right place, um, one is to believe, one is to know uh, God through Jesus, and the other is to believe uh, and have favor through Jesus. Um, so why when we talk about heart trouble and stuff, do we talk about prayer? Um, well, because talking to the living God uh, and, and, and talking to the one true God through Jesus uh, is, is, is saying we believe, we believe, and if belief in God uh, and belief in Jesus and what Jesus did is the way that we can have remedy to our heart problems so that our heart cannot be troubled. Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. You believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, guys, no matter what you're going through, no matter what troubles you have today, yeah, I mean, we're talking everything, anything that could ever go wrong in your life. From the worst thing you can imagine the smallest thing that could go wrong. No matter what, no matter what, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, He will make it better and He will turn it around. Yeah, there's still consequences we have to pay on this earth. That's just a part of being human. But the thing is, if you put your faith in Jesus, He will heal your heart and He will help your heart and He will be the anchor for your soul. And no matter what you are going through in life, Believe in Jesus, because Jesus says, believe, believe, believe. Uh, if your world is falling apart, uh, if your world has fallen apart, turn to God and don't settle for less. Because this world has a lot of things they can give you. Um, there's a lot of programs. There's a lot of uh, self-helps. There's a lot of, uh, this is a way you can enhance your life. Uh, you've gone wrong. Here's another way you can change. Uh, do this, and, and it'll help you forget the past. Use drugs, it'll help you forget uh, your hurt. Use alcohol, drink alcohol to, 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 to wash away your pain. Uh, uh, find as many people as you can to have sex with just to release the stress you have. Um, there's a lot of ways the world says uh, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. It's okay. But guys, those are all counterfeit. Uh, everything this world has to offer us. I mean, I'm talking to the nicest self-help books. I mean, even self-help books <clears throat> written by Christians. Uh, it's all counterfeit if we're not believing in Jesus. And, and Jesus is the only one, the only way that our heart can be made right, the only way that, that, that our falling apart world can be made whole again uh, is through Jesus. Everything else, it's just fool's gold. It's fool's gold. It looks good. It looks nice. Might be shiny, looks great, but it's fool's gold. It ain't gonna last. It's counterfeit, and, and and the only thing that's real, the only thing that remains, is Jesus. Is Jesus, and we need Jesus. And so Jesus says to the disciples, He says, "Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me. Believe in me." And just like Jesus said it then, 
Jesus says it now. He says, believe in me. Your world's falling apart. Believe in me. You don't know what to do next. Believe in me. You need help. Believe in me. You're getting tossed around by the storms of this world. Believe in me. You're turning to drugs. You're turning to alcohol. You're turning to sex. You're turning to philosophical ideas. No. Believe in me. Believe in me. Believe in me. And so we're going to pray, guys, tonight. And I'm going to give you the opportunity. Uh, maybe you've put your faith in Jesus and you've walked away. Maybe you've heard it all before uh, and, and you just didn't believe it. But maybe your life's falling apart uh, and you need Jesus. Maybe you've never heard it and you, you, you're hearing it tonight. And you say, okay, man, I thought, I thought God was all good, but I didn't know about Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the only way. He's the truth and he's the life. And no one comes to the Father. No one goes to heaven but through Jesus. And Jesus says to you today, believe, believe in me. So with every eye closed, with every head bowed, with anyone looking around, it's between you and God. Uh, if you hear this today, and you realize, you know what? The life I'm living, I'm a sinner. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners, that all have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, that we've all sinned, and that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The book of John tells us earlier that God so loved you that he gave his only son so that you could have eternal life through him if you believe. Uh, we're told that God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're told elsewhere in, in, in the book of Romans that, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. And so tonight, uh, if you're hearing this, maybe you're hearing it for the first time, maybe you're hearing it for the 40th time, whatever it is. But if you have not made the decision to follow Jesus, I want to let you know you stand condemned in your sin. And if you were to die tonight, you do not have hope. You will spend an eternity separated from God. And you will spend an eternity in a very real hell. And so, Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Have hope. Believe in me. Believe in me. Is there anyone here with just eyes closed and heads bowed? Is there anyone here who would say, you know what? I'm not believing in Jesus. I'm not believing in be the Lord of my life, to be my Savior. I'm not believing in Him, but I want to believe in Him. Is there anyone who would say, that's me? That's me. I see that hand. If that's you, if you would just raise your hand uh, in an act of faith, raise it and I'll see it and, uh, and we'll pray together. Awesome, man. You can put it down when you're done. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? We give everyone the opportunity to not put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you grew up in the church. Maybe you've heard it all before. And you're like, you know what? I'm trying to do it on my own. It's great. Whatever. But I'm not living for Jesus. And I know I need to be living for Jesus. And Jesus, I want to make it right with you tonight. I don't want to have questions about where I go when I die. I want to know that I know. Jesus, I'm putting my faith in you. If, if, there, if there's anyone here who would say that, Jesus, I want to just make it clear. I'm following you. If there's anyone here, uh, if you would raise your hand also, that'd be
want you guys all to look up here real quick before we pray. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, God's doing something in our hearts. God's doing something in our lives. Uh, three people raised their hand for the second one. Uh, one of the three who raised their hand for the second one, uh, it was like, oh yeah, I'm raising it. It was the same person who raised it for the first one. Uh, and, and, and so I believe in it was it, you meant the second one. Uh, and, and so this is awesome that three people said, you know what, Jesus, I wasn't living for you, or, or I don't know if I'm living for you, but I'm making sure I'm living for you today. Uh, if that uh, uh, if that's not exciting, I don't know what is. So 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 let's thank God. Uh, it's pretty cool. Maybe you didn't raise your hand tonight, uh, but 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 you're just thinking in your heart, like, man, you know what? Uh, I should have raised my hand, or is it too late for me? No, it's not too late for you. Uh, you can give your heart to Jesus. The Bible says, "Call out on Him, He hears." Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So believe in Jesus, guys. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Let's pray. Let's thank God. Uh, and, and, then we'll, and then we'll get on the road from here. Dear God, we just thank you so much, uh, God, that uh, there's salvation in the house today. And, 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 and it, uh, God, people are saying, I want to follow you. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you, uh, God, that you have given us uh, the opportunity to have faith in you. You've given us the choice to follow you. And God, I pray that each and every single one of us, God, we would make the decided decision, God, to follow you, uh, God, to give our lives to you. When our heart is troubled, that we would believe in you, not in the things of this world, the counterfeit things that pass and fade away, but, God, that we would put our faith in the rock and the anchor that will never fade, and that is you. And, Jesus, we just thank you. So, God, we believe in you. Uh, God, and your word tells us that if we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe it in our hearts, then we are saved. And, God, we believe in our hearts that, that, that God, you rose Jesus from the dead. Uh, and, and as a group, guys, if we can just confess out loud, all of us, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that'd be awesome. So let's just say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Three, two, one. Jesus Christ, Christ is Lord. Lord. God, upon that confession, uh, God, we, we, we thank you uh, for your salvation. And so, God, we praise you. God, go with us as we go from this place this week, God. Uh, I pray that you give each and every single one of us an opportunity just to share the hope that we have uh, with those who we come into contact with this week. God, bring someone into our life who's going through turmoil, uh, God, who's, who's going through heart trouble. And, God, give us the opportunity just to give them Jesus, to give them Jesus. And, God, we pray right now that you would just be preparing those hearts to hear your gospel uh, even now. So, God, we just thank you. God, we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.